I'm running a company, I'm running a studio, I have other people employed. How do we get better at caring for each other? It would be in really interesting if all of us became better at accepting other people and helping other people out. This is the Humans of Gaming podcast, an open and honest conversation about games, life, and belief. Welcome to Humans of Gaming. I'm Drew Dixon. I'm the Chief Content Nerd at Love Thy Nerd, and I'm joined with Chris Gwaltney. Hey, I'm Chris, and this is our here podcast where we talk to developers and people in the games industry and get to know them a little bit, hear what makes them tick, and hear all their deepest, darkest fears and desires and all that good stuff for your listening pleasure. So glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. You narrowly made it back to the U.S. of A. <laughs> Yeah. Donald Trump almost said you weren't allowed back. I know. Thankfully, really we're you know, permanent U.S. citizens, so yeah. we missed it. Um, yeah, we were, my wife and I were 10 years married, and so we've uh, been saving. Man. Thanks, dude. We've been Made saving longer for, than a lot of people. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's dark. Um, <laughs> we've been saving for a while to go to Europe, and so we did a Europe trip. Um, and it was like right before, like we, like coronavirus was a thing, but at that point, I mean, this was a you know, a few weeks ago, like at that point it wasn't anything like what it is now. And so there wasn't yeah. this like hysteria almost mm -hmm. happening and like, but real, nonetheless, there are probably know, people listening to this right now who are like judging us. Yeah. Judging you. That's hardcore. Okay. That's all right. I can. Everybody's an expert now. I can handle it. My assurance. But no, I don't blame you. It wasn't in the Lord yeah. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't when you guys left. It wasn't like. Yeah. The concern level was totally different. So yeah, it I wasn't it. DefCon whatever number the bad DefCon is. Um, yeah. And and while we were there, like we made a conscious decision before we left, like we were going to really try to unplug and like not have our phones and not be on social media and all that stuff and just be really present with each other and what we were doing. And so yeah. even while we were there, like we weren't super dialed into what was happening because we weren't like checking our phones all the time. We were just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, being tourists and enjoying the what we were doing. So, so yeah, by the time we left, it was like we missed that travel ban by one day. Um, yeah, like we that that ban went into effect on like a Friday, and we got home on like Thursday. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was and you guys went to wild. Denmark, which is actually on lockdown now too. Like I don't think. Yeah, we did London, London, Germany, Denmark. Yeah. So, which kind best? of relates to uh, who we had on the show for this week, right? Yeah, we had Astrid Restrup, whose last name I just butchered completely. I'm sure because. Uh, she has shared it with me more than once, <laughs> and I've always struggled with saying it. Um, but uh, Astrid was super awesome to talk to. I met her at PAX East and did a little interview with her at PAX East. She is one of the key, kind of her and, and, and one other person are the two key people in Triple Topping, uh, which is this new indie studio that's putting out some really unique games. One is called Inglet like Y-N-G-L-E-T, that's by a designer named Niflis, 
who's done some super unique games, but it's this really pretty kind of exploratory platformer kind of kind of game. Mm-hmm. And then she's also working on a game called Welcome to Elk, which is if you've ever played um, Night in the Woods, it's kind of um, has that yeah, has a similar yeah. vibe. But it's all based on these stories that she got from her brother, who's just like traveled the world and is the kind of guy that just makes friends everywhere he goes and mm-hmm. manages to like come like experience all these amazing stories with people and, and things. So it's it's a whole host of different unique stories about people. Um, and there's a bunch of mini games, and it's it's very interactive still, but it's, it's it was really cool. And there's actually like video footage of her interviews with her brother and things in it too, where you get oh, to hear cool. some of these stories uh, interspersed. So um, yeah, I was really bummed to miss this uh, to miss this chat with her because if nothing else, I could have nerded out with her about Copenhagen and Denmark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She shares about how uh, people from Denmark are super proud of being from Denmark. Yeah. I'm super proud of Denmark, which is cool because I think we're losing some of that. Uh, I think like the United, there's a time when the United States was that way, and then it's sort of like nobody talks about the United States that way anymore. So it's neat to hear from somebody who's proud of where Loves they live. Their country, <laughs> but she's also like um, recognizes that you know there's there's some pride there that sure. Then anyway, we get into talking about how everybody, uh, no matter where you're from, your story's valuable. And that was probably my favorite part of the discussion, yeah. but I'll let you experience it firsthand. Yeah. But uh, before we jump into that conversation, we should talk about some stuff that's going on with Love Thy Nerd. Yeah. Well, uh, as always, you know, we want to want to give you all the opportunity to, to partner with us deeper. If you want to become more than just a listener of this podcast or just a consumer of our content in general, you can actually help us make these things. And you can do that by giving us money every month. Uh, that can be a dollar a month. It can be $400 a month. It can be whatever number you want. Um, but what that does, it helps us make all this stuff and helps us be able to have these conversations with people and hopefully that we all get to learn from. So if you'd like to do that, go to lovethynerd.com slash partner and you can join our fellowship of the nerd. And um, that'll give you some kind of secret access to some things that you can't get to otherwise. Um, so, so yeah, do that. We'd love to have you. And I uh, also want to piggyback off that to to show you one of the ways you can support what we're doing with Love Thy Nerd or, or what your money might go to, and that's our website. So we put out some really killer articles, I think, on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, this week we have two articles about kind of about uh the coronavirus <laughs> yeah. from a uh from a nerd perspective mm-hmm. right so Matt, madeline turnipseed wrote a nerd's quick and clean guide <clears throat> to covid19 and so in this article she just kind of unpacks some practices you can take to keep so we can keep one another safe and mm-hmm. at the same time still have opportunities to nerd out about stuff i think she's there's our, this misconception she's like our nurse mom yeah yeah she's a nurse so We've, she's, uh, professional. she's been to a convention with us it was a while back, but like she just was on it. I mean, like took care of everybody, and we just knew we could go yep. to her if we needed aspirin or any kind of hand care. sanitizer. Yeah, she was the best. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, I think there's this misconception about nerds that we're all like introverts, and I think the mm-hmm. reality is that we're all very different. Some of us are introverts, some of us are not. Yeah. But all of us want to, like, even the introverts, we all want to, like nerd out together we Mm -hmm. want to spend time with other people it's just a natural human thing and so 
she just gives some some good tips about how you can still do some of that, but from a distance uh, during this time of, um, you know, uh, social distancing that we're all having to do. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was a really helpful little article and definitely from a nerd perspective, um, which is cool. And then the other one I wanted to mention is by Aaron Warmbier. It's a nerd's guide to prepping. So this one's just having a lot more fun. So there's a lot to be bummed about. So yeah. I encourage you to have some fun during this time. And this is a guide to uh, making sure that during this very serious time, you don't forget to stop and rest and play and recharge. And right. um, it, there's a lot of a lot of tongue in cheek in this article too. So um, yeah, don't don't over interpret it, <laughs> <laughs> but go check it out and enjoy it. Um, yeah it was it was really really well done so cool yeah well hey let's uh let's jump into this interview with astrid i'm sorry that you won't hear from chris yeah weren't we hey welcome to humans of gaming i'm drew dixon i'm the host of this podcast i'm joined by uh by a very special guest and that's astrid uh, hey astrid how are you fine thank you and thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I hesitated to say your last name again because I just chickened out. <laughs> uh, I should have just gone in and, and and went for it. But yeah, uh, t- t- tell tell me your last name. Restrup. Exactly. That's exactly how I was going to say it. So, uh, <laughs> and and uh, where are you from, Astrid? I'm as uh, the last name uh, maybe show. I'm from Denmark. And yeah. I'm based in I'm based in Copenhagen, but I'm from Jutland. Yeah, and so it, you're from where originally? Sorry, Jutland. That's like the main the mainland of Denmark. The little okay. little hat on top of Germany. Okay, very <laughs> cool. I've been to Denmark actually once, oh. um, but I only went to Fred- Frederikshavn. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Frederikshavn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said it just like you. Uh so when I was in high school I played I played so I was really into soccer and uh we played in a a, a tournament there called the Dana Cup. Oh. And there were like teams from all over the world. It was really cool. Um and we stayed in a school there. Um but I feel I always look back on that with a little bit of like regret because I went by myself and I was in high in high school so like my par- i like we stayed in school in a school there and like some of the players their parents came and so they got to like tour around denmark and stuff and see the country but because i didn't do that like i didn't really know how to get around that much you know and yeah then you're just in one spot but i've, d- yeah. I've done that so much for business trip like i've been in melbourne two times but only a total of a week so i've seen nothing of the city and it's on yeah. the other side of the world. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. And so um, you, we, we were just talking before the podcast, like you just got home from kind of a crazy trip. In fact, you and I met at Penny Arcade Expo East in Boston, PAX East. Um, and so you you were here in the States to do, you know, to show off your games um, yeah, what's your, tell us about your trip or everything the, the what, whole, and where are things like <laughs> so in the, Denmark? The idea with the trip was to, uh, to go to both PAX and then to GDC. And because in yeah. topic, my company, we can only travel one return flight a year. We had this brilliant plan to take the train from Boston to San Francisco with a stopover in Chicago. 
Um, so we we went to PAX and uh, yeah, DDC was cancelled, but we were still uh, we had our return flight from San Francisco, so we continued the travel, and then we went to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the whole world uh, probably know, <laughs> uh, we are in the situation of the co- coronavirus right now uh, all over the world, yeah. and things starting to look um, pretty bad in um, in Europe, and more and more uh, places uh, got banned for traveling. Yeah. So we decided, like maybe it was time to actually get home before they would close down airports or. Um, they will make like a travel band or something like that because we're also traveling with my 10-month-old uh, daughter. Um, and we landed six hours before uh, there was the Danish lockdown. So right now we are in a lockdown yeah. in Denmark. And the whole right. team is working from home. Um, we've never been chatting so much on Slack before. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is really a special time right now. I guess in some ways, maybe it's good that your daughter is only 10 months old because she's She'll you know, be fine. not not processing any of the anxiety that a no. lot of this is causing. So like some um, of the when uh, when the lockdown happened, I think the first thing, thing I did was to text uh, people in our company with children and tell them that it's totally OK, that they take time to look mm-hmm. after their kids because both like schools are closed, but also kids get scared. Like, mm-hmm. I think grown-ups are scared, but if you're a kid, it's I think it must be even worse. Um, yeah. I remember as a kid often having these, like, oh, no, what if Meteor hits the world and everybody has to die? And <laughs> he's, like, very <laughs> force once in a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, interestingly enough, I think my, I have three kids, and uh, they're eight, six, and two. And strangely, we've, I think maybe we've managed to keep them pretty sheltered about, about all this. So they haven't, they haven't had any freak out moments yet, which is good. But uh, we're certainly trying to, we're, we're in a, I don't think, what's, what is the situation in Denmark? Like how, how, how serious is the virus there? So um, I think, I think they gave up on the saying like now it's plan B, we cannot contain it. Uh, right mm-hmm. now it's 785 people who are infected. It's probably more. I think it's more in all countries because not every, everyone will be tested anymore uh, mm-hmm. because of lack of tests. Um, so, and I think our government is ha- handling it really nicely uh, and really professional. Um, of course, we have all seen how it's been going down in Italy where it's really, really, uh, it's horrible. Um especially right. for, for all the families that have lost family members. So mm-hmm. in Denmark, it's uh, like all public uh, institutions, schools, universities are closed. Um, of course, doctors and nurses and police and so on still have to work, uh, but everything else is closed down. And um, private companies are encouraged very much to uh, send people home. Um mm-hmm. We sent people home in home in triple topping before the lockdown because I could just see it coming. Um, and yeah. better be safe than sorry. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's getting more and more serious where I live. I live in Tennessee, which has actually been a crazy week for us here in Nashville. Crazy couple of weeks. Is, I don't know if you heard, but we had a pretty devastating tornado come through uh, Nashville. Oh, no. But right yeah. now, news in Denmark is only is only the coronavirus, and the only thing I follow on mm-hmm. New York Times is also the virus. Um, yeah. I feel bad for not knowing. 
Oh, no, it's okay. It's, I, you know, I, I think a lot of people probably don't realize because of, because of that's all that's on the news is the coronavirus. But yeah, it was, um, you know, I, I think over some, something like 50 people died in the tornado. And um, so one of the first tornadoes to hit such a, you know, big metropolitan area. Yeah. Um, so it just, it did, you know, uh, millions and millions of dollars of damage to the city. So it's pretty and crazy. And now also a virus. Yeah, we got up in the, um, it hit the suburb that I live in. Um, and, you know, we had to get up in the middle of the night and everything. And yeah. my phone went off with the alarm, with the, you know, alarm and had to get our kids out of bed and all get in this tiny little bathroom. Uh, that's our most interior room. Um, it was, it was wild. So yeah, I guess you don't really scary. get no, like we have those in Denmark. <laughs> we have storms and, and it's all over the news when it happens, but it's like, and mm -hmm. a tree fell over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was water in our backyard. Um, yeah. It's it's getting more uh, the last couple of years, uh, I think, due to global warming. Um, or the weather is mm -hmm. getting more extreme. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's nothing like that. No one would hide in mm -hmm. the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's all you can do if you don't have a basement. That's, yeah. uh, that's what you do in Tornado. Either get in a basement or an interior room, the, a small interior room if you can. Um, but yeah, they're all five of us packed into this tiny little bathroom, but, um, so yeah, tell me about, uh, your, your, uh, studio about triple topping. Yeah. So, um, yeah, people should really play games this weekend. Uh, I'm going to play Hitman, uh, but triple topping. You're going to play Hitman? I'm going to play Hitman. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Hitman 2, uh, the, the new one is just out, Hitman 2. Yeah. Almost out okay, like, nice. Yes, yeah. Yeah, um, is that is that like one of your favorite series or? No, normally I actually don't uh, pick up that kind of games, uh, but I had to play it recently, um, and uh, and I played it a little bit before, and it's like, I need I need to I need to spend some more time with this. So that's gonna be my my weekend thing when the baby's sleeping. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I should play something more uh, calm and uh, soothing. Maybe a short hike. That's also on my list of games to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. triple topping. Um, we are in the studio and we are based in Copenhagen. Uh, we are still very small. We are six people. Um, and we are three years old. So we are young, but we are starting to know sort of what we are doing. <laughs> yeah. um, and right now we are doing two games. Uh, one of them is Unglet, which is. Um, which is a game we make together with Niflas, and he made a lot of other amazing games like Knut and Ernok, uh, and he also worked on affordable space adventures together with Nafna games. So he's making Unglet, uh, and he's like a one-man uh, super army doing that. Um, and yeah. then the rest of us are working on Welcome to Elk, which is a game based on true stories. It's a bit like Nine yeah. Woods, lots of mini games, and um, one long, interesting narrative. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Then tell me about, because um, I posted this on Twitter after I got to play the game. It was the game that surprised me most that I played at PAX East. Like, I wasn't expecting to be, um, like, as emotionally drawn into Welcome to Elk as I was. Um, like, where did those, where did the idea for the game come from? Yeah, people cry in the end and showcases. Um, 
it's uh, it's my brother. He been tra- he's been traveling a lot, and he has this ability to become really good friends with people. Mm. Um, I'm maybe a bit more. The, the, I think most of us are. We hang out with the same type as ourselves. <laughs> we we look mm-hmm. for similar people, but he hangs out with whoever is at the bar when he enters. Um, and he came home from Greenland. He also at that point lived in in California. He came home and we were at a bar and then he started telling about the people he met and his friends and all of the things that did, the crazy things and also the normal life. And I've myself been traveling a lot, but mostly just been hanging out with other backpackers from the Western world looking much like, um, like me. So I, for me, it was like very interesting to hear travel stories that was more in-depth and felt more personal in a way and more unique and i was at that point already like oh it could be fun to make a movie or game or comic or something about this um because there's something about meeting people you would normally not get to meet and talk with people you would normally not get to talk to and then when i had to do my bachelor project at the design school where i was studying visual communication I did a small prototype together with Simon, who later become a, the, became the co-founder of Triple Topping. And then we made Triple Topping, we made another game called Spit Kiss, and after doing that, we did a new project. And I pitched this one to Simon and Murray, and yeah, now I've been working on it for a little more than one and a half year. Yeah, very yeah. cool. And so, um, did... Have you gone on any of these? You said your your brother travels around and just has this kind of like unique ability to befriend people and and you know learn their stories. Have you done any traveling with him? Do you have some of that same spirit? Um, we actually, yeah, we went on a few trips together, but mostly uh, like one week uh, relaxing vacation in Egypt and Malta and different places. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so these, what he, what Lauke have done, my brother's name is Lauke, also remember, <laughs> is yeah. that he went there and he lived there. Um, I lived in Paris once, uh, but he lived in north of Greenland. So I think mm-hmm. there's very big difference from that. Like even though Paris is um, very different from Copenhagen, it's still a big city with a lot of young people and bars and you hang out and you go to concerts and all of those things. Well, where he lived, there was like uh, 25 houses and one little shop that sometimes had the food he wanted to buy. So it's just such yeah. a different place to go as a young person. Uh-huh. Can you tell me, give us an example of the types of story, like of one of the stories maybe from Welcome to Elk to give people kind of an idea of what to expect? Yeah, like they... It's very different stories. So some of them are very light and funny. Uh, in the game, we have Anas, uh, and in the game, he died three times. And it's because uh, Lauge met Anas, and uh, Anas always told Lauge that he has been dead three times. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> because uh, Anas... As one does. Anas, use, Anas sometimes drinks, drinks a little bit too much. Uh, mm-hmm. He also have a unique ability to uh, to uh, come back uh, after that. So the story goes that uh, that um, two times uh, he was like found uh, next to the road, where he was like passed out drunk, and 
the police came and picked him up, and I was like, yeah, okay, he's clearly dead. <laughs> we, should, <laughs> oh, no. we should take him to the morgue and, and all of the things. And it was a long drive, so they were driving with him, um, being sad, of course, because Anas, even though he's drinking, he was a very kind person. Um, and, then, uh, and then he wakes up, basically. So even though the story has like a bit of... Uh, it deals with death, and it's uh, it is a bit uh, morbid, if you can say. There's is also some fun to it if you tell it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and I think I think that's kind of um, how to put it, uh, not sarcasm, but but where you you can make fun with the more like um, serious things in life. I think that's interesting stories to tell because of course, mm-hmm. it's, if someone drinks so much that they pass out next to the road that's actually really sad and horrible. But if that person is still like a lovely person that people like and care about, it's also an interesting story to tell and pass on. Um, yeah. So that's like, I think, a good example of, um, of the stories, uh, one of the stories we have in the game. Um, yeah. There's also a story from my dad, um, where I, when my, my dad also lived in Greenland, where he... Uh, he finds someone who, who had died because uh, he simply froze to death outside. And the reason why, that's hmm, goodness. that one that's not really the little fun twist on it. It's just a really sad story. Um, yeah. But the reason why we have it in the game is because it shows that um, some places, the nature uh, around you is just so much more powerful. Yeah. Um that, that these accidents happens more easily. Um, yeah. And also it shows how the society deals with it there. And I think that's also interesting to portray. Um, mm-hmm. So that's another one that, that we have in the game. Um, yeah. And in the game, it's different. Sometimes we take the stories very one-to-one and other times, like the story with Anas, there's a whole mystery around him now in the game where we came up with a lot of nice things because we just grow to really like this character um so yeah yeah it sounds like one of your goals maybe is to show the complexity of of human beings how we're you know the how we're all unique and 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 different and um you know there's not just one side to us is that fair yeah very much i think um Often we have a tendency as humans to both hang out with people we already are very similar to and maybe to mm-hmm. laugh a bit or belittle people who have chosen a very different lifestyle. Um, an example could be, okay, when I was young, I decided to move away from the countryside and into the city and get away from all of that like little life. Um, yeah. And I was very, yeah, those who stayed behind. <laughs> That was my my naive uh, beginning of the 20s uh, look at mm-hmm. it. Um, and as I grow older, I've, I've learned that, hey, it's not it's not small lives. It's not uh, boring lives just because you have not chosen to live like me. Yeah. Um, and that is really something I want to show uh, with Welcome to Elk, that um, no matter how people live their lives and no matter how many... Uh, Mistakes are depends on the mistake. If you kill someone, it's another league. But if if you have in general made mistakes in our li- in your life, and therefore you 
you're maybe today lonely or something, doesn't mean that you are not worthy uh, as a human being. Mm. Um, yeah. and not interesting um, and and not capable of being a good friend. Um, so that's right. really some of the things uh, we want to show with the game. Yeah. Yeah, I love that message because I think it's like, I think it's a really needed message in our culture today because I'm not sure what it's, uh, it, from my perception, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but my perception of Denmark is that it's a lot less... Um, like politically divided than the United States is. Um, but we, I could be wrong about that. We agree more and we are very political correct. Um, we <laughs> right. talk about how good we are for the environment and how open-minded mm-hmm. we are and how much uh, bio food we buy and how we go to the gym all the time and we are so amazing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, I've heard all these things. <laughs> and we bike to work every day, also when it rains. Look at us. And I, and I think that's uh, it's it's a very Scandinavian thing uh, to to really uh, talk about doing the right things and uh, mm-hmm. and living the right way and living the the more correct way. Um, actually, to an extent where sometimes can become a bit cultist or or overly religious, or how to say it. Um, and I think it's uh, it's important to sometimes, like, hey, just because like, someone has another political view than you, uh, don't buy uh, the bo- the best kind of green food in the supermarket. doesn't mean that mm-hmm. they are stupid. Um, right. Yeah. Yes. And, like, that person has a story, yeah, right? Yeah, that person and has a story. They didn't, like, take, for instance, like someone who just cannot because this happens in America, who just, like, thinks global warming, uh, that climate change is a total sham, right? Like, that's, I think that's an ignorant position to take. But that person didn't land in that position just, you know, randomly, right? It didn't just happen overnight. Exactly. That person has a story, and um, if we want to, like... And that person can ha- still be a very smart, intelligent person that has a lot of interesting stories and views mm-hmm. on our world. And, yep. uh, and if we really want to if we really want to change things uh, and make people wash their hands and stay home during coronavirus or whatever, uh, we need to be capable of talk uh, with people mm-hmm. who have very different opinions from ourselves. Yeah. And yeah. that's also why Absolutely. I welcome to Elk, uh, some of them, like, they swear a lot, and uh, um, and they maybe have a bit. Uh, they're okay with drinking too much. And there's a teacher, and she's also a bit. Hmm, is this is this actually okay the way she's doing things? Um, so the way Murray wrote the characters, they also have a little bit. They're not. They're not only perfect, um, but they are all very kind people. Yeah, yeah. So they're not the typical. Um... The typical uh, Danes who do everything right. No, and and the main character Frick, she thinks that she does everything right, uh, but maybe she's actually the one mistaking the most. Yeah, 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 that's interesting. Well, I really appreciate that because, um, like I said, like I was, I was starting to say, you know, the United States is super politically divided right now, and in a lot of ways, I think we don't know how to listen to each other. Um, you know, people on on different sides of of issues don't and and not only do we in in not listening to each other we've i think in a lot of ways ceased to 
kind of have this base level of like mutual respect that's that's necessary to 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 growth and to change and to um uh, progress for lack of a better word so um anyway i just i think even though you're making this i'm sure in a lot of ways from your perspective uh it it seems like it would have a it seems like it's an important message for where i'm living yeah (laughs) in my culture so i think i I think a lot of this goes for like all of the Western world, basically, mm. uh, mm-hmm. which is where I've been traveled most. So that my my views and and my are also very one sided. Um, yeah. When did you get into to making games? When did that start for you? Uh, five, five, seven years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. Triple seven, three years old, and then I think maybe four. Yeah, it must be seven years ago. Um, I started, uh, I applied for uh, game design at the Danish Design School, Royal Danish yeah. Academy of Arts. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I got it in. Um, unfortunately, the program at that time wasn't very good. It is today. Um, so I switched to visual communication. Um, and while I was there, I started to game jam. My first game yeah. jam was Exile Game Jam, which is a game jam at a folk high school in Denmark. Folk high school is like uh, often young people take one semester off and then they go to live at a school, a little bit like boarding school, and then they study like journalism or art yeah. or something like that. Um, okay. So yeah, I went to a game jam there, and I think that was when I really met the Danish uh, the Danish game community. There's weird sounds yeah. in the background. My daughter, she's going to bed. <laughs> oh no worries. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that was where I, I first like started to hang out with people. I met people from Copenhagen Game Collective. I learned what a game jam was, and I really felt in love with the game jam culture. Like meeting up and just have like completely new people, and then you work together for a weekend, and then you are friends afterwards, and you made something um, that really spoke mm. to me. So that was how I got into games. And yeah. then later on, I started to organize game jams. Uh, I organized Nordic Game Jam for two years. Uh, mm. And I've also been on the board of Global Game Jam. Right now, I'm not involved in game jams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, You're trying to make some games, so... Now making some games, yeah. And also, uh, game jams still need to find a format that fits well with, with being a parent and having small kids. And so, tell me about... You said you grew up in, in Denmark. Um, what was that like? What was your, your, your upbringing like? Uh, I have amazing parents um, that told me a lot of stories. I think storytelling has been a big, big part of my childhood, uh, especially my dad. Um, as I grew up, I learned a lot of the stories were not really true, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he told me, if you caught a... Caught a um, you know, a worm uh, into two, both uh, both will live. And I believed that. Uh, and then later on, he was like, ha, 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 that was a joke. And I'm like, oh, no, I just killed so many of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I for sure thought that was true, too. Yeah, it's not. It's not. No, no, you, you're gonna, you, you're killing it. Uh, <laughs> um, I hated going to school. It was horrible. Um just having a child now and think about that I have to send her to school one day, that's something that I'm really dreading. Um, yeah. What did you What did you hate about it? I was just not good at it. Uh, I'm mm. dyslexic. So already there, I hit off on the wrong foot with yeah. the teachers. Um, 
I was super bored in math. math. I remember just like doing the whole book and then running around and being like, ah, ah, ah. Making a lot of noise <laughs> and being super annoying. Um, yeah. And I think that's a problem for a lot of kids in school today yeah. still. Like just there's so much sitting around. Uh, there's so much you know, sitting and- down and there's so much only talking in a specific way and doing things that mm-hmm. in a very structured way. And uh, for some kids, it's perfect. And then as people like me who who had to struggle all my life to like, okay, uh, sit down and listen. Like, even if I go to a talk, I'm all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, going to school was definitely not fun. Um, yeah. But then I yeah, played I- a lot of, uh, I played a lot with my brother. We grew up in the country, so we would go on adventures together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a, a few really good friends. Um, we played a lot of uh, Settlers and <laughs> Ace of Empires, uh-huh. uh, Commander Keen. Yeah. Settler, settlers, like Settlers of Catan, or? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So board games and, and computer games. Yeah. I've had some uh, very heated games of Settlers of Catan over the years. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, so. it's really good. that was like a uh, you know a good family game. Um, also, I played a lot of The Sims as well. My brother. It is a good family game. It's a good family game until someone keeps getting the robber yeah. pit on them over and over and over, <laughs> and then and then, it's then it gets too. a little ugly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my brother, he would we would play The Sims together, and I would be like, okay, they're gonna be a millionaire, and they had this amazing house, and career and everything and he was like i'm i'm living in the trailer and i'm in the best of playing guitar <laughs> and that's pretty <laughs> that's much great. like the difference of the two of us uh, yeah <laughs> that's great and you said you get you went on adventures together like what, what was what did you so, do um we had a lot of forest and uh, there was like this amazing railway trick uh, bridge um uh, with uh, some water underneath where you could like climb around on it so we would mm. we we would go different places in the forest and we have like small places small hideouts and stuff like that that's great um and, and swim in the in the lakes even though you're not allowed to that mm. kind of uh, being a lot <laughs> outside yeah isn't it interesting how now like it just feels like some of those types of experiences are pretty rare for kids these days you know yeah a lot of um, kids has like a gps on them yeah, yeah, because we're so concerned about uh, the kids' safety, understandably, and some of that's like good, I think. But I, I might think, just remember I as a think kid, my having... mom was nervous too. She was just a nerve wreck whenever we left, and mm-hmm. she was okay when we get back. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember as a kid, I'd get on my bike and go ride all over, like the the. I mean, I grew up in a small town, but it wasn't. It wasn't super small. I mean, it was 200,000 people. So, yeah, that's uh, huge. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's compared to like Copenhagen, it's tiny, but, you know, compared to a lot of cities in Denmark, it's probably a good sized town. But, you know, there's lots to get into for sure. And uh, I, you know, I just had to be home by dark basically a lot of times. Yeah. Um, but that's not, that's not the world our kids live in now. I think the um, good thing about uh, my time of growing up was that. It was okay to be alone. Hmm. Um, and in Denmark, we have made the school days longer. And yeah, parents uh, more often pick up the kids. And I'm like, when do the, when do children have like 
alone time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, because that was definitely something I needed and appreciated a lot as a kid. Yeah. Um, to be to be away uh, from like all the problems of of going to school and all of those things. Um, and today mm-hmm. in Denmark, kids go to school even even longer, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> what yeah. if they don't like it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We actually, um, it's for some of those reasons that we actually uh, decided to homeschool our kids. Oh. Um, yeah. So. It's kind of cool, that like we, more like common in America compared to Denmark. I think it is. I think that's definitely true. Um, but one of the things that we can do is like we can do. My my wife does. Um, she does most of their education because I'm I'm the one with the full time job. Um, but uh, but but I you know I I help as well. But she'll do nature study with the kids. Yeah. Where she'll just take them out um, hiking or like um, you know just to a state park or to somewhere around our house um, and they'll observe, you know, do observations of nature and things. And just like, I'm a very, like, we're both very outdoorsy kind of yeah. people. We love to hike and stuff. And so it's just like, I'm really glad I can give my kids an education where um, they're not stuck inside all day. Yeah. There's, there's some schools in Denmark. Uh, I think there's one actually here in Copenhagen where most of the school day is only outside. Um, oh, that's yeah. great. That's really cool. I think it's really good for kids. Yeah. Personally. It's probably very expensive to send your kid that. There's always a cost for these things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What um did you did was your family like involved in a in a church or religion of any kind or what what was that like for you growing up? No, it was actually more the opposite. Um we are not like in Denmark, uh, most kids get or a lot of kids get baptized when they're children, like babies. Mm-hmm. We were into like into what church? Uh, what's called? Uh, yeah, now I just don't have the the Danish oh, okay. the English word. Uh, you can tell me Protest- tell me the Pro- Danish word. Pro- Protestant. Protestant. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so that happens for a lot of kids, but not for your family. Yeah, not for us. Um, my mom, uh, even though, like when she grew up, which feels like hundreds of years ago, uh, because society moves so so fastly forward, she grew up yeah. in north of Jutland in a in a place that was like very very strictly strictly religious. Um, but her parents were the only one not religious, mm-hmm. um, so that was actually. Um, she was like, oh, I also want to go to Sunday school. <laughs> and, oh, her, really? and her dad was like, no, no, no. We are, we are part of the workers union and you can go to gym classes. <laughs> um, <laughs> was that for her? Was that because of like friends and things like people around her who she was seeing do that? She I was had like, I want to try five this. siblings. Um, okay. So I think they were hanging out a lot together. And I think they also played with the other kids. But it was something that... that um, she had been thinking a lot about and of course been annoyed about because when you're a kid you want to be with other kids and the other kids there in Sunday school and they get candy so therefore she also wanted to do that (laughs) um actually uh, when i was in sixth grade um there was a sunday school where i grew up and i was like i want to go to sunday school and my mom was like yeah of course you can Even though oh, so she's she, like not at all religious, but she was like, "You can yeah. definitely go to the Sunday school." Okay, yeah. did you go check it out? What was what yeah, was that like? I went um, and 
we had it, I think the priest was like really cool and open-minded and we had a lot of good mm. discussions because the thing about religion is that it opens up to just like general discussions about uh, ethics and moral and life mm. and life choices um, and then I would go home and we would have a, have a lot of in- interesting talks around the dinner table as well um, yeah. so that's that's cool that your parents didn't like shut that down you know that they were yeah, that was willing to let you go cool. and check it out and then I think have conversations about it. Uh, and I remember I wanted to I wanted to become a Girl Scout. Um, but the leader there was very religious. Um, uh-huh. And then, then my dad was like, okay, you can't do that. You can't go to yeah. chess instead. So I did that. Yeah. <laughs> so that, That's funny. So no Girl Scouts, but you could go to church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you can go. To, but I think we often, I think parents often end up doing that. If there was something they were super frustrated about it when they were kids, they're like, but my child can do <laughs> can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So from yeah. a very non-religious home, I even went to Sunday school. Yeah. I also sang in the choir on Sundays in yeah. the church. Yeah. So, Oh wow! Okay, so did you um did you like buy into it? Did you during that time? Did you would you have said like oh yeah I'm like a I'm a Protestant or I'm a Christian or or whatever, or was it always kind of like uh, I'm just kind of checking this out? I think I never bought in. I never bought into it, but I was very much thinking about um the whole concept of it, um, mm-hmm. and I was also trying to figure out if there was something more. Uh, that I can still sometimes doubt. I think all people can doubt. Like, what is, what is there? Um, even if you believe yeah. something very strongly, you would also have doubt. Um, so I, I would, I would definitely sometimes be, especially if you if you experience something like your grandma would die or something like that, you would think about it. But what if, what if there's actually something for her now when she's dead, stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then I really like the stories, uh, some of the stories that hmm. the Bible, they're really interesting. Some of them are also very terrifying. Um, oh, yeah. There's the, the father that sends away his his two sons, and I can't even remember it completely, but <laughs> I remember I was like, ah, oh, but how can the one of the sons be so greedy? And uh, and he still loved him, and I was very puzzled about all of the whole of that story. Yeah. Are you talking about the the prodigal son yeah, story? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, um, even if you don't buy into it, I think um, the Bible is certainly like a fascinating, fascinating book with lots, like you said, like fascinating stories. Um, so, did you like ever um, land? What 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 would you say? You're still like not religious now. Would you like classify yourself any particular way or the other? Today, I would, I would say I'm not religious. Um, and, but from time to time, you, of course, think about, uh, like, I'm not 100% sure that everything is mm-hmm. like uh, the nature, selection of nature. Sometimes, like, but maybe someone designed it. <laughs> like, I can still, sure. of course, have that question. Yeah, but, to, but today it's not something I, I think very much about. Like when I had a child, I didn't for one second consider uh, baptizing him or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, what would you say? Because you know, obviously, you you you're not a religious person. So, what what is what is kind of what grounds you in, in the work that you do? Like, is there like a core value 
that you have that kind of motivates you as a person? Um, I think what motivates me a lot is uh, figuring out, like, I'm, I'm running a company, I'm running a studio, and I have other people uh, employed. So mm-hmm. I'm very much thinking about, like, how do you... How do you make room for everyone, not only in my company, but also uh, in society in general? Like, how do we, mm. how do we get better at caring for each other? Um, that is that is something I I think is uh, is very motivating. I think that's also why we have the I I think the theme of Welcome to Earth is interesting. Um, but that's something I think a lot about, and it's not because I'm good at it, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. but it's something. I think it's it would be in, really interesting if we ever, if all of us became better at accepting other people and helping other people out. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Where did that come from? Is that something that your parents instilled in you, or your, your or your brother, or just from life experiences, or where did that kind of desire to uh, um, make room for other people? Room and... for yeah, I think. Um, I think I've been lucky to to meet a lot of people in different life situations. And I also think um, I have I've grown up, even though I hated school and stuff like that, I still I still grow I grew up privileged uh, compared mm-hmm. to a lot of people in the world. And I think in, in especially in my twenties I sometimes had because I always wanted to strive uh, high and I always wanted to like be the best at things. Uh, so I sometimes had the idea, like, uh, if other people can't follow, it's just because they're not good enough. Um, and then when you grow older, you realize that sometimes it's actually yourself failing at something, even though you think that you're really doing well. Um, mm. And and there's been, like, certain... certain I, don't like, in my... I don't like that lesson. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really important lesson. It's I a think. very important lesson. Uh, and I think there's mm-hmm. been episodes in my life where I could see, like, hey, I'm actually also sometimes uh, not not doing best the best. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm also sometimes hurting other people. Um, and then I also think, like, from starting a studio and starting to understand, okay, if uh, I run out of money, um, then it also means that these people don't have a job. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, so start to sort of, I don't know, become a grown-up. Sounds super sad and boring, but but live up to to that kind of responsibility have been very inspiring mm-hmm. to me. Um, not only what yeah. I do in my in my company, but also uh, the kind of things that do outside in my in my spare time. And you just uh, just had a baby, right? Not too long ago. Yeah, that also makes you think. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to ask you how that's uh, how that's been like for you. How's that shaped you? It's awesome. I won thousand of them. It's amazing. Uh, everybody <laughs> tells you, "Oh, it's so hard to have a kid," and I was so terrified. And yeah, I think hard is not the right word to to use. Uh, it's a ch- it's challenging, um, mm-hmm. but it's so rewarding. Like, okay, she's screaming all night. She's also screaming now, but that's Benjamin's problem right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But she looks cute at the same time, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made her. Uh, she's a beautiful human being, and mm. so they just put all the like, oh, it's hard aside, and then just look at this like little, little amazing person you made. Um, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's been shaping, and it also I also start to see their things from other perspectives. Like 
I've always been working long hours and so on. And then I have a chance like, ah, I can't keep doing this. Maybe I should also design my company. <laughs> so yeah. people with kids have an easier <laughs> time. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things that's really hard to like explain to people. And I'm glad you mentioned how much you're like enjoying being a mother and how amazing that experience has been for you because I do think there's a lot of like like the minority of horror stories sometimes get to be the loudest you know yeah um but it is a really like it's just a marvelous thing and like you know obviously I come from a different background than you I, I didn't exactly grow up in in a church although we my family went to church um but uh but I, you know I I would I call myself a Christian now. I, 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 and I, you know, I go to church and that kind of thing. Um, so, but, but it's like one of those, I think whether you are, you're not, it's like having a baby is so it's hard. It's just hard to explain like that process of like, I mean, and, and it's even different for me than it is for my wife, obviously, because she carried our children, um, you know, and, and, and gave birth to them. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's, uh, I, I don't. Need, it's hard to. It's hard to put to words how it's uh, such a. I, I want to say miracle, but I realize not everyone believes in miracles, and I want to be but, accommodating. But even, even not being religious, it feels like a miracle. Like, and even mm-hmm. if you just look yeah. at the whole like biological process <laughs> of having a baby, mm-hmm. like when you learn, when you're taught in school, like this is how it works, and you're just like, how are there actually like billions of people <laughs> in the world? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I if, know, you, if yeah. you were like building a machine and says this is how it works, I'd be like, this is not stable enough. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we need to make some modifications. And for, for some people, it can also sadly be very difficult. Um, mm. But yeah, it, it it feels like a miracle uh, each time. I think uh, mm-hmm. when you have a child, and it's uh, it takes your world upside down. Um, yeah, and it's it's interesting. Um, also, like when we talking about all of the things with um, how we try to, especially in Scandinavia, be the best. Um, I think when you, yeah, and you have mm-hmm. also experienced that as a parent, like everybody suddenly know exactly what to do and what you should yep. not do. And you should do it this way. Mm-hmm. No, 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 you should do it that way. And um, yeah, that's also, that's also really interesting. Just be sitting there yeah. like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, in a weird way, like if I could go back in time, um, to when we had, uh, our, our, our first child, like I would have read a lot less about parenting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I read nothing I think, and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. See, there you go. And I just sometimes think sometimes people would tell me, uh, did, did you know that uh, you should do this and that? And I'll be like, what? <laughs> Uh, but she survived. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you figure it out, you know, and I think you, you, you love them as best you can. And, uh, if you're worried that you're not, uh, up to speed on the latest, greatest parenting, um, strategies, like, uh, I think I would just encourage people like to just chill out a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, well, uh, what what else do you have? so when when are you uh, hoping to get uh, welcome to elk out? It's gonna be our data this year. 
Great. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. And then, and then, we are getting, I, I have a date in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to tell us because then if you tell us, then, you know, you know, we know how that goes. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah. What about, what about Unglet? When is that gonna? It's gonna uh, be out this year, but later than Ilk. So now it's like a puzzle game. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Cool. Yeah. Um, any other projects you're working on or anything that you'd want to point our listeners to? We have a... No, not right now. Yo, know, I think so, I think something that's interesting with, with Triple Topic, actually a lot of Danish companies do this. Uh, I was inspired by another Danish company called Frame, Frame Bunker. Um, uh-huh. They put the whole employee contract online and we have done the same. We also have our employee handbook online. Um, mm. So if anybody's curious, like how it is to work uh, in our company, they can go and read it. It's even a salary is actually up. Everybody in Triple Shopping gets the same salary and then family gets a bonus. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. And I, I, think, I think that is one of the things I really enjoy working with. So like running a company and making games, we often talk about, hey, you're making games, what kind of games you're making? And, um, and that's, that's, of course, is a lot of fun. But another thing I'm really passionate about is like running a company and figure out how, how you can make a startup mm. company without having people crunch and yeah. uh, still have them have time to go to the gym and hang out with friends and get mm-hmm. beers in the weekend and so on. Um, that's great. That's something I care a lot about. And then I just started working with Kowloon Knights. Um, so... Each week I get to play a lot of amazing games and talk about them with a very talented what, team. What is that called again? Talo Nice. It's a game fund. Um, okay. And they, I think it's between 200k and 10 million. Um, they can invest on uh, project funding uh, in games. Um, so... That's that's really cool. it's really interesting to sort of see it from the other side, the other perspective of yeah. uh, uh, of running a, a game business, and I think it, it's teaching mm. me a lot about how I should run my own company. Um, that's great. When you certainly see pitches every week, you realize where you should optimize yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's really encouraging to me that you post uh, your contracts online and are so transparent about all those kinds of things because I think we think of crunch as this problem in the triple triple a space um but it's like there's a lot of crunch in the independent game world design world and And a lot of it's like self-imposed you know it's a lot of a lot of times it's designers who don't know uh how to or don't think i mean think they don't even feel like they can like create space for for things like going to the gym and stuff like that in their lives because they're juggling so much especially like our art director murray uh who's doing all the art and i'm I'm co-writing the game uh welcome to work with him uh he used to be a freelancer before he started as an intern and now he's art director with us and getting him to go home (laughs) in the evening Mm. it's uh it's totally okay with him i make fun of it because it's just he had he had really had a hard time with it because yeah. he's just been really used to um, to the culture of crunch, and that this was how you proved that you were really good at your job. Um, mm-hmm. And I think in order to avoid crunch and people not to put it on themselves, you really have to design uh, the workday for people. So, like we at four o'clock, we yeah. tell people, "Okay, you go home," 
And I would not let anyone stay, even though they really want to, because then you yeah. show up in the morning and then then someone been sitting there like, yeah, I've been working seven hours yesterday. And then you feel bad, especially if you are yeah. a parent and you have to go pick up your kids. You can't do that. Um, and then you end up with this like constant guilt. And then people start working when the kids are sleeping at night or in the weekends mm-hmm. where they should be playing games or talk with the partner um, make some nice food <laughs> and other things. Um, yeah. So that's something Definitely. I think we, we really need to look into, not only saying like, we don't crunch or um, you get the mm. time off later. You really have to, to look at how you design your company and the work life around it to avoid crunch and the feeling of crunch. Yep. Because yeah, people put it on themselves all the time. Mm-hmm. Myself included. And it's, yeah. And it's not sustainable, you know, um, not and, at all. Uh, when I started shopping, I worked twelve hours a day, and I was like, "If I want to keep doing startup companies, this is really bad." <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, yeah. If anything, like this whole coronavirus, uh, you know, is um, pandemic has reminded us as human beings how frail we are. You know, yeah. I think this is another reminder we need to we need to take care of ourselves and. Not just so that we take care of ourselves, but taking care of yourself is also a big part of learning how to like love and take care of other people. Yeah. You know, it's, you taking care of yourself is going to have an impact on your friends and family, your coworkers, yeah. um, all those things. So Definitely. for sure. I think it's really interesting with coronavirus, how it can go from like everybody have an everyday life. And now when you're sitting at home all over Denmark, um, mm-hmm. And, and that we have to have to adjust to not be running around, picking up kids, doing grocery shopping, going to work, hanging out with friends. Uh, I think people feel like they never had so much time in their life uh, and still yeah. feel like you're very captivated in your home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting yeah. feeling. Yeah, it is. It's going to be an interesting next few weeks for sure. Yeah. But uh, thanks for making time for this. This was great chatting with you. Um, I really would just continue to encourage our listeners to go check out your games because I do think they're fascinating. Um, all of Nithlis's games are they super are unique. And so yeah. if you've never played a Nithlis game, you really owe it to yourself to check it out and to check out Inglet. Um, and then Welcome to Elk, like I said, was just the most surprising and one of the most like uh, moving games for sure that I played. But it, it all, like you said, also has quite a bit of humor and... Um, yeah, I think if you if you were into Night in the Woods, you'll love this. So definitely, um, or even if you're not, I think you would you would have fun checking it out because it's it's pretty different from uh, the average game that's out there in a good way. So thank you. Yeah, definitely. And where can people? What's the best place for people to follow you online? We have Twitter. Uh, Niflas has his own Twitter, which is just at and then Niflas, um, and then there is the triple topping, um, and we also have a Discord. What's the cool. name of that? I guess that's also triple topping. Uh, it should be pretty easy to find. It's also on our web page. Yeah. You just and and you and triple topping are both on Twitter. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. On Twitter, yeah. I'm Astrid M, and then the last name that. <laughs> <I've told. laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll link to it in the in the show notes. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you can find that. So cool. Well, again, like I said, this was just uh, a real. A real pleasure to talk to you, and um, we wish you all the best as uh, your studio works in the midst of this, you know, this this virus uh, and, all, and the lockdown and all that. So thank you, um, thank you yeah, for inviting absolutely. me. To this it's been really interesting. <laughs>